0: Do not be going about your day as though nothing is happening, knowing that God's creations are being destroyed, knowing that there is such injustice in the world right now. Welcome to Christ Centered Growth Podcast, where we learn to work out our salvation one day at a time, knowing that it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So let us focus on him in this journey, growing in him and through him. Welcome to another episode of Christ Centered Growth Podcast. My name is Mary Lynn. Um, it's been a while. I hope everyone is doing okay. I personally have spent the last couple of weeks so emotionally drained. I mean, we're in such a difficult time in the world right now. There's so much going on. But I really pray that you're all well and that God will keep you all safe. Just be encouraged because difficult times do not last forever. If you listened to the last episode, you might have been expecting that this episode will be about perfectionism. While it was my plan to have that come next, I really felt an urge to speak on something that I consider a little more pressing. So today, we'll be talking about racism, which is actually on my list of 10 isms But I thought I would be talking about it much later. However, with all that is going on, I've really been asking how exactly we as Christians, but especially Christian black people, how exactly do we process all that is going on? What can we do? What must we do? Um, The thing is I have stumbled on, you know, some religious talk and some lack of empathy towards the oppressed that is masked as, oh, being Christian. And I really want to talk about that. I want to share and I want us to grow in our understanding of our place in matters like this. It is a fact that Black people are being killed for absolutely no reason. And this is not a new phenomenon. It has been happening for a really long time. Recently, however, I have been questioning what exactly we can do as Christians. And the first thing that comes to mind for me, and I'm sure it is the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of you, is that we must pray. And this is 100% true. After all, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that are not of this world, things that are unseen. Um, they cannot be fought by anything other than prayer. So... We should all be praying. That should be a given. Every single one of us should be praying together regarding this issue. That being said, I really urge you to please not let that be all that you do. Pray is powerful. And you know, you can take it further and even fast. And that is needed. And God listens and he answers. But the thing is, when he answers, he does it through people. God wants to effect change. And he's looking for people to use. So if you have the mindset, or should I say, if you have had the mindset that all you can do as a Christian is pray, then I beg you to reconsider. Before we go much further, I do want to talk about what exactly racism is. I like the way that the website, um, it's called dismantlingracism.org. I like the way they talk about racism there. They define racism as race prejudice coupled with social and institutional power. And I really like this definition because it really shows that prejudice by itself is not racism. Racial prejudice is a preconceived opinion or you could say it's an attitude that is based on stereotypes. So, for example, a person might treat a black person with suspicion because of the stereotype that black people are dangerous. Prejudice can also be positive, so it's not just negative. It can be positive too. But the truth is, regardless of whether the prejudice is positive or negative, it's still not good because it robs an individual of their individuality. Racism involves the perpetrator believing that their race is superior. This belief could be on a subconscious level. Um, it involves that group having the the power to carry out systematic discrimination. I'm saying all this to say that black people, people of color, cannot be racist. Some of you may be shocked by this, but black people do not have the power to carry out systematic discrimination. Yes, a black person can be prejudiced. Um, that is, they could have attitudes based on stereotypes about other groups. But they cannot be racist. And I'm also talking about this to correct the mindset that, oh, black people are racist too. No, like I said, that cannot be the case. Uh, There is a definition of racism and black people just do not fit that definition. The more important reason, however, why I wanted to highlight that is because a lot of times people say this as a way of avoiding conversations about racism. But those conversations are actually really important Racism is affecting a lot of people and it is affecting you if you're a person of color, whether you believe it or not. Having been in a variety of settings, I've experienced the effects of racism myself. The truth is regardless of where you're from, if you're a person of color, you're a person of color in America. If you're black, you're black. For the longest time, I didn't really want to talk about racism because I didn't want to stare the pot. So like when I would be in places where there are majority white people and someone was making a rude comment or joke about black people, for example, I would just ignore it because after having heard a ton of times that not everything is about racism and Marilyn, you just need to chill and it's not that serious and black people are too sensitive, I had let myself be silenced. Thankfully, I have since learned about oppression and the need to speak up and the need to do something about it. Since coming to Christ, however, I've often wondered, is it still okay that I remain angry about racism? I know that this sounds silly, but there are Christians out there saying that it is not okay to be angry. But racism is injustice and I believe that it is worthy of some righteous anger. I know there are people, like I was saying, who push the gospel that it is never okay to be angry. But even Ephesians four twenty six says, "Be angry and sin not." This is proof that you can be angry and not sin. Some people call this righteous anger, which I, I personally understand as being angry at what makes God angry. It is anger that is rooted in a need for change. It is, I guess you could liken it to some sort of grief, like you're grieving for people. I guess you could say an aching. It is anger that seeks mercy for the perpetrators, but refuses to allow evil to continue. And it is birthed out of a place of love and not a place of fear or of evil. Another way to think of it is what exactly does your anger produce? Does it produce work to change the injustice that you see? Or does it produce hatred or further injustice? What you do with your anger is important. And there are good ways to translate your anger. And I kind of wanted to talk about this because I'm angry about what's going on in this country. I'm angry that people are being murdered. I'm angry that black people are losing their lives over nothing, losing their lives for no reason. And so some ways that I understand um, that we can translate our anger is one, we can speak about it. We can speak about racism to anyone who would listen, and we can help to educate them. Some people are still ignorant. They do not know that anything is going on. You'll hear people say in the Christian community, you'll hear people say, we're all Christians. You're a Christian first. But what they mean is, do not get in this fight focus on other christian things what they do not get is that this too is part of it um i always wonder and i've been thinking more seriously about this recently but would jesus stand aside as people are murdered would he just shake his head in silence and turn his back i really believe that he would not he would speak up he would do something how do we know this jesus while he was on earth as a man went to the temple and he found people buying and selling stuff there He was angry and asked why they were defiling the temple of the Lord. Jesus was angry and he did something about it. He did not just pray that the hearts of these people would change and they would stop doing this evil, but he did something about it. He did not hate the people defiling. He did not harm them. He used his actions to make a statement. I'm asking you, what actions can you take I mean, aside from speaking up, perhaps you can be part of a peaceful protest. If you're able to do that, I would say do it. Stand against evil in whatever way you can. Um, I do want to say, though, please, if you're going out and you're part of a protest, please be careful because they really might kill you just for standing against what is wrong. They really might kill you for shining light into the darkness. People in the dark do not want to be exposed. So my sisters and brothers in this fight, God be with you and God help you. Now I do want to make it clear that in no way am I a proponent of paying evil for evil. There are truly ways to translate your anger that do not involve violence or evil. But I still think that we should have some righteous anger. Do not be going about your day as though nothing is happening, knowing that God's creations are being destroyed, knowing that there is such injustice in the world right now. I really like the quote by Zora Neale Hurston that says, If you're silent about your pain, they will kill you and they will say that you enjoyed it. Um, I really like that quote. I'll repeat it. It says, if you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and they'll say that you enjoyed it. Another quote that I like by Desmond Tutu, he's a South African cleric um, and he's also a theologian. He said that if you stay neutral in the face of oppression, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Those people have spoken truth. But you may be saying, well, this is supposed to be a Christian podcast, and I just want to know what the Bible says. Well, let's look at Luke eleven forty two. Luke eleven forty two says, But woe to you, Pharisees, for you, you tied mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice, and you neglect the love of God. This you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And another scripture that I actually posted on Instagram recently is Isaiah 117. By the way, if you're not already following the Instagram page, please do. You'll be able to get additional information that should prove useful or helpful in this growth journey. And uh, in order to find the Instagram, you can just search for Christ Centered Growth. You can search for that on Instagram and we're on Facebook as well. Now, going back to uh, the verse in Isaiah 117, it says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. We're to seek justice and correct oppression. We're to bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. Do you get how this is super relevant to what is going on right now? Do you get that you're not supposed to be silent about these debts? Now, I want to take a moment to talk to the Esters who are listening. By Esters, I mean all those who are in a privileged position at this time, all those with a microphone. All those with a platform, I just want to read Esther 4:14 to you, and I'll read it in a way to make it more relevant to what's going on right now. Esther 4:14 says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the black people will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were put in the position you are for just such a time as this. By the way, if you're absolutely unfamiliar with this scripture, this is Mordecai talking to Esther, who is now the queen And he's telling her to speak up for the Jews because she's in a position where she has direct access to the king. So she has direct access. She's able to to make a change. She's able to say something. And so I really feel that this verse really applies to us at this time. It's important that we do something. If you're too weak at this point, I would say it's okay to rest a little. If you're just so emotionally drained, like I have been for, I don't know, the last couple weeks, I would say take some time and regain strength. Take your time, love on yourself, feel the love of Christ, bask in his embrace, and with the strength that he gives you, get ready to fight. Fight in the place of prayer, but there also is action that you can take. One of those is using your money to fight. There are so many resources that give you a list of organizations with leaders who are propagating racism. I will share some of those on Instagram as time goes on, but you can also just Google some of that. Those people do not need your money. Instead, buy from Black-owned businesses, buy from trusted allies, patronize organizations in this fight. In this way, you're sowing a seed to the cause. Also, you can directly donate to the cause, right? So you can directly just give money to the cause. Um, And there's so many movements actively fighting against oppression that you can donate to. There are also petitions that you can sign to all the allies out there. Those people who aren't being targeted but choose to get in this fight because they refuse to support evil. Just want to say thank you. We cannot thank you enough. And to people of color, to black people, as much as we can, let us continue to develop ourselves so that more of us can be in those positions where decisions are being made. And if you're already in a place of power, do not misuse that power. And even more importantly, do not just do the bare minimum. What we see in the news is the more obvious aspect of racism, but there is a less obvious aspect that you are probably being affected by as a person of color that you may not even realize. And this is called systemic racism. Now, I'll just explain a little bit more about that. Systemic racism is more about the policies and the practices within our country that result in the exclusion of people of color and the promotion of white people. To share some stats with you that I got from usnews.com, people with black-sounding names had to send out 50% more job applications than people with white-sounding names to get a callback. Another one is a black person is three times more likely to be searched at a traffic stop and six times more likely to go to jail than a white man. If a black person kills a white person, he or she is twice as likely to receive the death sentence as a white person who kills a black person. Qualified black jurors are illegally turned away as much as 80% of the time in the jury selection process. Blacks serve up to 20% more time in prison than white people for the same crimes. Blacks are 38% more likely to be sentenced to death than white people for the same crimes. Some people will say, oh, well, not everything is about racism. You'll like to bring up the race card every time. And it is true that everything that happens to people of color is not as a result of racism. But it is also true that racism is so deep-seated in our culture that you cannot even see a lot of it. So, this concerns all of us, not just the families of those being gone down. With all the people of color and allies joining forces in this movement, in prayer and in action, I believe we'll be able to make a difference, by the grace of God. Another really important thing is educating yourself. We all have to, blacks and non-blacks alike. There's so many resources that discuss the oppression of black people. Study these resources, but not just that. As Christians, we need to study what the word of God says about oppression and injustice and what we should do about it. I hope I've been able to, you know, share some information with you, but I definitely encourage you to study God's word and pray for revelation on what you can do yourself as well. Another aspect that needs clarification is the issue of seeking justice. It's important to note that justice is different from revenge. Revenge is more about getting even, and it's often personal. It involves you deciding the punishment and often executing it. Justice, on the other hand, is about righting a wrong, and it's based on established laws. But the thing is, this is actually deeper than all that. It is not just, we're not just trying to right a wrong. It is about fighting oppression and stopping a cycle of wrongs. It is about seeking fair treatment for all. To do this, you should not take the law into your hands. You should seek to ensure that the law of the land takes effect. And if the laws and policies are wrong, then we should be seeking to change them. What we want is we want change. That is the bottom line. That change involves reducing evil and increasing good. People who commit murder should not just go scot-free because that produces an increase in evil. We have laws to deter people from atrocities, but if those laws are not upheld, then they're useless. The last, but definitely not the least, is to ensure that that you have love in your heart in this fight. I mean, it can be tough, but we should not seek to hurt people for hurting us. We should pray for mercy for them and that their hearts will change. Love can exist even while fighting evil, and that's what we should be doing. It can be difficult to navigate racism as a Christian. I'm not gonna lie, because it produces such a strong emotion That is so easy to act without considering what God considers acceptable. This takes us back to the initial point, which is prayer. God will help us to continuously learn how to fight against injustice like he has asked us to. So what we need to do is we need to pray to him for help. We pray and we say, Father God, you are a just God. We come to you right now pleading that you would have mercy on the perpetrators of this injustice. We pray that you will begin to change the systemic racism that has eaten deep into the fabric of the United States. We pray for justice for the oppressed. We pray that you will further reveal to us our stance in this matter and the actions that we need to take. We pray that in all of this, We will not lose sight of you and that we will remain in love. God, please soothe the pain of every black person out there. Heal us and heal our land. Thank you for the allies. Thank you for those who are brave enough to take a stance. Thank you for strength and thank you for the change we see coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Christ-Centered Growth Podcast. Like, subscribe, and please share with your loved ones. Till next time, continue growing and keep Christ at the center of your growth.